What's happening? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com Coming to you today to talk about what to expect from your 30s. I'm going to talk about the bad and how to play past those problems as well as the good and what you can expect about good things in your 30s. And this is sort of a complimentary video to my how to own your 20s. However, I didn't quite feel comfortable saying how to own your 30s as I'm just closing in on 35 and that's a video that I'm going to have to do in my 40s. But for now, I want to give you what to expect, um, the bad things to prepare for, and as well as how to solve those problems, as well as the good things. And I want to give you a positive uh, message and a positive expectation for guys who are 18 to 28 and tell you that things can be really fucking good in your 30s if you play things properly. So without further ado, I'm going to be 35 in June and a lot of this stuff has been um, with me for a while. I've been thinking about this a lot and basically what I've done is put together in the bad and the good categories. So the bad, okay, what to expect in your 30s, the bad stuff, number one is that life is no longer in front of you. You are, I'm going to be 35, that to me is insane. I understand now how my grandparents would say it was only just yesterday when I was your age because in some ways life has felt like it takes forever and then some ways you wake up and you feel like you could be 18, but you're now 35. Also, you don't change all that much in terms of your core persona. Like the stuff that made me laugh at 18, the stuff that my friends and I joke about is stuff that we still joke about today. And it's one of those situations where you get to be, you know, what's considered an adult. I'm probably five years away from middle age, depending on who you ask, is that there really are no adults. You are just you're kind of like a kid and you just got older in a way. So it is actually crazy to think that you actually got older. I know that sounds insane, but it feels strange like I actually got older. I I knew I was going to get older, but to actually get here feels very strange. Okay. And so life isn't in front of you. Your mortality becomes a real thing, right? 40, after 40 is where... Uh, you know, when you're going to school, you would occasionally hear about someone's dad who died jogging when he was 40 in relatively good health. So your mortality becomes a thing. You start getting the blood tests. Um, you know, you start worrying about cancer and heart attack and things like that. And your life is, is it's not that your life is behind you and your glory days are behind you, uh, but it's also not ahead of you. Like when you're 19, everything's ahead of you. Okay, now a good part of your life has been lived. All right. And there's still a lot of good stuff from 35 onward, but you cannot justify life as ahead of you anymore. It has to be, you have to be living the life that you want to be living now, okay? So those are kind of the bad things, but the good thing is, if you are not living the life you all want to be, now is the time, okay? Now is the time, and and it's like you can take off all the excess bullshit that you were trying to put on, like learning a language or this and that, or, you know, things that you're not really interested in, or if you're not liking what you're doing, it's time to get into it. And it's time to start living at least 50% for the present day. Okay. My recommendation as always is 50% for the present day, 50% over the next decade. And you have to be able to have enjoyment in every single day. All right. And you use the fact that life isn't in front of you anymore to do that. So, you know, I will take a lot of stuff off my plate because 
I'm 35 now. I've got to, to where I wanted to be. I wanted to get out here. And anytime I'm feeling like I'm stressed or I have too much going on, I just cut it off my plate because I want to enjoy my life right now. Not when I'm 58. I can't keep pushing it on the future. Okay. You have to enjoy a lot of it now and you have to become sap work on being self-actualized now. And if you're not doing what you want and you're not enjoying it enough, you have to start doing that and use your mortality. The fact that you are not going to live forever as a motivation, motivational tool to push that past that problem. Okay. So number two for the bad, the next thing that you should expect is that chasing girls becomes less fun because you've probably had a good number of girls. Your sex drive is not as high as it used to be. And just the, the whole intoxication with women starts to fade. When you're 14, I remember just kissing a girl would be insanely intoxicating. Whereas now it, it doesn't affect you in any type of the same way. Um, and it's one of the downsides of taking girls off the pedestal is that you don't feel those, those really strong emotions easily. It takes a long time to find a girl that you really like. And just the whole going out and picking up girls like you did when you were 21 or 22 doesn't have the same effect anymore. It's not as exciting anymore. It is not, it doesn't really do it for me anymore. Okay. And this is why you hear about a lot of guys, a lot of former players start to look at settling down around 35 because it just doesn't hold the same weight. However, like I always say, getting legally married in the West is just is just not an option, especially if you're a player. Okay, doesn't mean that you can't have, you know that you're not going to want to have girls. It's just that you're not the casual sex and one night stands just doesn't really do it for you. You know, for me, I'd rather have a couple girls that I care about or a girlfriend, and then going back to like a couple girls that I care about. But like the chasing down girls thing really becomes um, so much less of a priority. Nightclubs. Our nightmare, I never liked, I didn't even like nightclubs when I was young. Uh, if you watch my video, nightclubs are the worst way to get laid. I still think they are. But going to the club, I do very, I, I rarely go to the club. And, you know, you just don't want to go. I didn't want to go when I was younger, but even more so now, okay? Now, the positive to that is it's way easier to focus on your business. It's way easier to get up early in the morning. It's way easier not to get involved in, in drama with girls that you might have had in your 20s. And as a solution, if you are worried about your sex drive, you know, working out every day is a big thing. Um, getting your diet together, having adequate protein and adequate saturated fat. You do need a bit of saturated fat for your um, testosterone, as well as eating lots of, lots of vegetables for your uh, veins and for your blood flow. And you can also look into testosterone therapy around 35, uh, which I am on. I have a doctor's prescription for, and I think that can be a good idea if you are very serious about it and have done your homework and have read stuff like testosterone replacement therapy by Dr. John Chrysler, and you are doing it under a doctor's supervision, you can get back a lot of your sex drive. Now, I don't have my 18-year-old sex drive back, but I have the sex drive of probably your average 23, 24-year-old, right? Which is still not nearly as much as mine was because mine was super high, but I would not want that back because I, I could not, it is very hard to focus when you're a young guy and you have a super high sex drive. So uh, focusing on your business and um, 
hacking your lifestyle and possibly getting on exogenous testosterone under supervision of your doctor are two good solutions to that um, problem of, you know, lowered sex drive and, and, and uh, you know, chasing girls not being as fun as it used to. Number three, social pressure gets stronger. So like I said in my video, how to murder your middle-class mentality and join the outcast class, the average uh, mid-30s man lives for being a respectable citizen. The white picket fence, the family, um, the wife, the right car, the right investment property, on and on and on. You know what I'm talking about, the middle-class dream, and that is what they live for. And the social pressure to become that guy becomes very much stronger. I had a conversation with guys who were in their mid-20s and they were asking me why this happens and why guys do that and why there are a couple well-known men's movement guys who were former players who did get settled down and had the kids and sort of wrote off their, their past as a player as, as immature. And these 25-year-old guys are trying to understand why they're doing that. And the reason is it's not necessarily just because the chasing girls is less fun and you're getting older. The primary reason is the social pressure, okay? It is the social pressure of becoming that respectable guy. When you're in your 20s, you can get away with it, and your your parents aren't going to make a big deal when you're 24 and you're playing around with all these girls. But as you get older, not just your parents, but many people are working a job. Their coworkers all have families. Their friends are starting to have families. Their families, their, their own mom and dad are asking when they're going to get grandchildren, and society has a pretty negative view on guys such as myself um, who are not doing that, who are open that they are, you know, that they enjoy the company of many women, um, especially if you've, if you've come out to Thailand or something like that. It's like I said, when you take it to that extreme or the extreme that I have, you become an outcast, okay? And a lot of people don't want to face that social pressure. Okay. They want to be that respectable citizen. And here's what you do, okay, if that's if that's becoming a problem. You just don't you don't compromise, okay? All you have to do is when that thought comes up, you just reframe it, right? It's not actually a big deal. The social pressure can't actually physically hurt you. And if your parents or whoever start using shaming language, then you know you want to tell them like, I love you, but I can't I can't have a conversation with you where you are using guilt and shame to try to motivate me. Not only will that not motivate me, but that is going to um, put a wedge in our relationship and I want to be able to have a positive relationship. And if that means you have to become more distant with some members of your family who can't understand your lifestyle, then that's what you have to do. Um, because the, the last thing you should do is compromise yourself if you don't want that lifestyle. Now, if you do want to have a family and have children and have the money for it, and again, you have to be a top 5% guy to have the money for it in the West, then it's possible, assuming you're not getting legally married, which you cannot, cannot ever do in the West. But still, for the guy who doesn't feel like he's ready for it, then definitely do not compromise. Okay, do not compromise. Stay true to what you believe in. And uh, do not accept being shamed by um, people that supposedly love you. If they truly love you, then they are going to be happy for you being happy. Okay, and the ones that that are are trying to make you live for them and for their own ideals uh, do not love you in the way that you think you do. They or or that the way that a parent love their should love their children. Okay, a parent should be happy for their children to live a lifestyle that they want to live. 
Okay, so don't accept the shaming language. Uh, put some distance between people who will not listen to you drawing boundaries and don't compromise to live a lifestyle that you don't want to live. Number four, you have less energy. There's a lot of why I tell you young guys to start a business when you're young because you don't get that youthful energy back. You don't have the energy at 35 that you did at 25, you know, and it's not coming back anytime soon, okay? Especially the energy that you have at 18, 19. Some guys will say, well, telling 18, 19 year olds to start a business is, is too young. There is no too young. There, 18, 19, you have all the energy in the world. And if you can get a business going, it is a major blessing, okay? Now, naturally, you do not have the same energy. However, with state management, you can get back the vast majority of the energy that you had, okay? And in some ways, I have more energy than I did when I was 21 because my lifestyle and diet was so horrible. You can get back your youthful energy, but it takes a ruthless state management, okay? So you're getting up early, you're going to the gym, you're eating well, you're not eating too many carbs, uh, you're using stims like caffeine, you are making sure you get enough, enough oxygen, you're making sure you get enough water, you're not um, pushing yourself past your limits on stress every day. Really, the key to it is state management and you can deflect 90% of that energy loss. Right? Like I'm able to put as much energy in my business as a 23-year-old guy would be because I'm really ruthless with my state manage management. And then by the end of the day when I'm tired, then I can be a 35-year-old guy and just fucking relax and, and not have to worry too much. But during the day, I'm very ruthless about my state management and that allows me to be able to put in work seven days a week on my business at you know, high energy level or an energy level of a guy who's probably 23 or 24 because I do the work and because I take that seriously. Number five, kidney, gut, and joint issues. This is not necessarily true for everyone, but it's true for a lot of guys that I talk to as well as myself. So uh, basically, if you've spent, you know, the first 20 years of your life, which most people did, eating the standard American diet with the GMOs in your food, and all the FODMAPs like gluten and dairy and all these other things. And maybe, hopefully, you get it together in your 20s and get your diet together. But if you don't, then chances are you're going to have some issues in your 30s with uh, your guts, with your kidneys, and, and perhaps with your joint. With your joints now, all those issues, in my opinion, are related. Okay? You know, your gut, your liver, your kidneys, and... Those all affect your body in, in uh, different ways, but in my opinion, they're all related to what you are putting into your body, right? What you're drinking and what you're eating. So you'll get stuff like uh, you get bloated easier, like salt is way more noticeable because it, my kidneys process that slower, which means that you get bloated quicker. Like if I eat a bunch of McDonald's, it's going to show on my face that night and the next day, you might even see it in some of my videos where some videos I have, I look like I have definition in my face and then some videos I don't because I was out the night before having a few drinks and ended up getting Subway at 1.30 in the morning. And the next day I wake up and then you've got the Michelin man face going on, okay? Same goes with your gut. You'll have a little bit of distension where your gut sticks out, okay? Because it's it's, it, the bloating affects your gut as well, your face, your gut, 
your pecs, you know, you see it everywhere. Uh, you just hold water a lot easier, which is not a good thing for looking lean, okay? Food sensitivity goes up. Uh, I'm talking about stuff like caffeine and alcohol. You don't handle as well. Um, you know, for some guys, they get anxiety. For some guys, they get an upset stomach. Um, you know, for me, alcohol, too much alcohol, my gut doesn't like that. Uh, caffeine, I tolerate better because I take it every day. But ideally, if I was if I was talking about perfect gut health, I would have to cut out both of those things. You also get carb fatigue. Like if I eat a bunch of carbs, to go back to the example, if I eat a giant Subway sandwich in the middle of the day, that afternoon could be a write-off. I'm going to be on the couch for like two hours, okay? Because you, my body can't process that amount of carbs. So during the day from 7 o'clock till like 7 when I have uh, dinner, I limit the amount of carbs. I have small amounts of carbs through the day because I know that if I eat a ton of carbs, it's going to put me on the couch. And to go back to food sensitivity, the FODMAPs become a big deal. FODMAPs are it's an acronym for long-chain carbohydrates and stuff like caffeine, alcohol, gluten, dairy, onions, garlic, Basically, anything that's good starts to affect your gut. And you'll hear like a good doctor will tell you if, if it tastes good, spit it out. The ideal diet is boring vegetables, meat, brown rice. You know the drill. Everyone knows the drill. But the good food starts to take its toll on you. Okay, you become sensitive to it. So here are the moves for dealing with that. All right. First of all, as I said, carb fatigue. Limit the amount of carbs that you eat, ideally, at least in the daytime so you have energy. If you are going to eat more carbs, eat them at night, not right before bed, but around 7.30 or so when your day is hopefully finished, okay? For your uh, kidney, um, I recommend this bad boy right here, Kidney Bladder by Nature's Way, which you can get on iHerb. Give you guys the link to that. All right, that's I take that kidney detox every day to make sure my kidneys are functioning optimally. Um, for your liver, I recommend the liver detoxifier and regenerator from Now Foods, which again, you can get on iHerb. Make sure that I'm, I'm taking that, uh, especially if you're on TRT, you wanna make sure that your liver and kidneys are processing everything properly, that everything's functioning properly, and if your diet isn't perfect like mine, which is probably 70% good, 30%, uh, you know, not so great. I eat probably a few more cheat meals than I should. Make sure the liver and the kidneys are, give them some extra help to process everything that you're putting into your body, okay? For the joints, now joint pain probably comes from uh, having a leaky gut, okay? Now the leaky gut I haven't solved yet, so... I'll have to come back to you guys on how to solve the leaky gut. I've tried stuff like glutamine. I've tried, um, you know, a number of different things. My gut's still not perfect, but it, it is a lot better. Okay, I take the probiotics every day, which I recommend. I take digestive enzymes with the meal every day. And for your, when your gut starts to affect your joints, like your joints become stiffer, then you want to use the super collagen C from NeoCell types 1 and 3. Take six of these pills every day, 6,000 milligrams. And then you want the Now Foods Hyaluronic Acid, and you want 200 milligrams of this. If you have joint pain, taking those two things together will knock off 60% of your joint pain. They're insanely good, and everything else doesn't work. 
because I've tried them all. So with those, I can work out easily. I can do everything easily. My joints are nice and smooth. And as an added bonus, it makes your skin smoother because you're putting collagen, more collagen and hyaluronic acid in your body, which is, you know, makes up a main part of, of your skin. So that's very important too. Um, to help with your joints and to help with your gut. And again, for the gut, I recommend a, um, a powerful probiotic every day. I use uh, now foods, I think anywhere from 25 to 50 billion, as well as doctor's best digest, digestive enzymes with every meal. So really what you're doing is you're just taking the supplements to, to help the body digest and process everything and help it move through your kidneys and liver, which to me just makes sense, okay? So that's kidney gut and joint issues. Number six, your PC muscles weaken. Your PC muscles are your pubococcygenius muscles, okay? Not sure if I pronounced that correctly, but basically they are your, um, the muscles that control your erections as well as urine flow, as well as uh, your sphincter muscles, right? So you've got the PC muscles, which are, are control your urine flow, and the sphincter muscles, which control um, number two. So those tend to weaken, okay? And that comes from probably overuse of, you know, coming a lot and pissing a lot and, and all these other beautiful things that I don't want to describe to you too much in this video. So basically what you want to what you'll notice is that number one, number two are, while you're doing them, they are looser and weaker. You know, you have to shake your dick off a lot more. Number two, you know, you're there, you might be there for a bit longer, making sure you've handled everything. And your erections get weaker because your sphincter muscle and your PC muscles are the big, uh, a major component in erections. So what you want to do every day is you want to do 30 kegels, 30 kegels you hold each for one second, which is, I call them super kegels. Okay, watch my, I do a video on that and it's basically your super kegel is where you're contracting your PC muscles, you're contracting the um, lower part of your abdominal region and you're contracting your sphincter into a major, like I call it a super kegel, you're doing 30 of those and then you're, you're doing the final one, you're holding that for 30 seconds, okay? Within three days, you'll notice that your erections get 25% stronger. It is as as useful as like taking Cialis. It is that powerful. And after a month, you'll notice a massive difference in the quality of your erections as well as making sure that like everything's working down there properly and, and um, you know, you just want to keep all that, that area nice and strong and functioning properly and... The, the erections is the biggest area that you'll notice that and you'll notice that in three to five days. It's a big, big thing. So definitely recommend that. Number seven, the final uh, bad thing to expect in your 30s is hair issues. Okay, you can see I'm a Norwood type two here, which is surprising because I started to notice some recession when I was 21. So I thought by 35, I would, I would have been bald well before 35. So I'm actually quite thankful that it still is where it is. And you also notice, most likely, gray hairs. Okay, so 50, 60% of you guys will notice recession or thinning or you're already bald. And I would say another 50, 60% of guys would, would notice gray hairs coming in. Okay, pretty much all of my friends 
have either noticed some recession or some gray hairs or both. Okay, and I, I have gray hairs along the side, which hopefully you can't see. And I'm at Norwood type two here on recession. So my hair loss game plan is, is buzzing my head like this, okay, which is works quite well. I actually found that most girls like it more than me with hair. <coughs> like a bit of stubble buzz and um, you know getting built sort of the Jason Statham work look works quite well and I found that girls actually prefer that also keeps you nice and warm in, in the heat combined with uh, minoxidil which I take two times every day I also do Nizoral every day which is an anti-dandruff uh, shampoo as, as well as it's good for circulation I put Retin-A on my head as well Okay, and I use RU on my research subject. Okay, you can look up at Good Looking Loser and More Plates, More Dates, some good reviews on RU, which is a research chemical that is a topical DHT blocker as opposed to finasteride, which destroys the, all the DHT in your body. And in my opinion, it works quite well on my research subject to the point where I've either stopped my hair loss or I've slowed it down significantly because I haven't been able to tell much of a difference over the last year or so, or, or last year and a half that I've been on it, okay? So that's a big thing. The other big thing to watch out for is if you are doing um, testosterone and, and other supplements, should we say, those are, the vast majority of them are not hair friendly, okay? So you wanna be closely monitoring your hair loss, as well as your gray hairs. Um, gray hairs, you can always dye your hair, but if you're just getting a small amount like me, I'm probably gonna be okay to cruise by on just a buzzed head for the next two to three years before people really start noticing that I've gone gray. And then I'll probably have to start, you know, dyeing it or maybe just shave it all together, all right? So you definitely wanna put a hair loss and a gray hair game plan in place. The good news is, guys, in our lifetime, gray hair is going to get solved and baldness is going to get solved. And you also have the option of getting a hair loss transplant, which are really good right now. Like 15 years ago when I first noticed it, the doctor told me, don't get a transplant because the technology wasn't there. And you had the Axel Rose situation with him in like the early 2000s where he has these terrible looking cornrows because his hair transplant got fucked up. But now the hair transplant technology is amazing. And in our lifetime, they'll have solved baldness. They'll have solved gray hair. I will guarantee it. So don't worry too much about that. Just put the game plan in place, um, either after you notice it or even before. I mean, I think it would be smart to just be proactive and start the minoxidil, even if you don't have any hair loss and perhaps the RU. But whatever you do, do not use fucking finasteride. No, the... That's the generic name. The real name or the trade name is Propecia. Do not fucking use Propecia. Do, do not use Dutasteride. I've tried those a couple times. I've had so many side effects. There are so many insane side effects from all the guys on the board. Like DHT is as powerful as testosterone for your uh, sex drive. So when I've taken Finasteride, decimated my sex drive. The last time I took it, it took seven pounds of muscle off my body because DHT is a major um, hormone for building muscle. So shot my mood down, 
shot my sex drive in the gutter and took seven pounds of muscle off my body. And this was when I was on TRT. Okay. That's the only reason I tried it again because I knew the side effects, but I figured, well, Hey, I'm on TRT. That'll probably negate the negative side effects that I had before. Completely wrong. Finasteride is a very bad drug in my opinion. And I'm lucky some guys on those boards don't recover their sex drive after going off of it or their moods. So I would stay very far away from finasteride. DHT to me is as important if not more important as testosterone for building muscle and for sex drive, okay? I've noticed that when I took in the past DHT agonists, sex drive and muscle goes way up. DHT is very, very important, a very underrated hormone, and you do not want to be scorching the earth and just destroying 90% of the DHT in your body. You want to use a topical DHT blocker like are you on your research Subject, of course, because I can't legally tell you to use it on yourself because it is a research chemical. So that is the bad news and the solutions to those bad things that you should expect for your 30s. But now we're going to get into the good news, okay? So the good news, number one, is more wisdom. I look back at my 20-year-old self and I'm basically a different person because, he, like, the things that I thought, I mean, I were so retarded there's so many things where, you know, you just don't have the wisdom, the life experience that you have as a 35-year-old man, and it just makes life so much easier in every single aspect, okay? That wisdom comes naturally, and hopefully if you're reading and, and staying self-actualized and staying on top of your game, you'll develop a lot of wisdom. Number two, you get more respect, okay? Uh, people will call you sir in a restaurant. People will listen to your voice because there's authority in your voice, People will take orders from you if you are if you have employees. Whereas, try being 22 and, and having employees and, and trying to manage people who are in their 30s. It's not going to happen. You know, a, a guy will uh, signal to you to help him back up his truck, you know, because you are a man. And girls respond differently to you, especially young girls, right? Young girls, uh, you know, will respond to you. They will give you the respect and authority of a man, which is... Definitely a nice thing when you are, are dating them. You know, you're able to go to the restaurant, you're able to hold the door, put your hand on their lower back, you're able to signal to the waiter, the waiter will come around. You know, when you're 22, you just don't get that same respect that you would at 35. And that is a really nice thing to have. And it's really nice to be, to, to walk around the world as a man instead of being looked at as a boy where people don't respect your opinion. Even if you're smarter than them, they don't want to hear your opinion because you're not on that level. Number three, you get tougher, mentally tougher. You, if you are continually pushing yourself, continually trying to, to aspire for higher, trying to achieve more, you become so much tougher to the point where, like I told you guys before, the, the 20 year old boy that lived in this body no longer lives here whatsoever because I've just expanded so much and gotten so much tougher. And you literally get to a point where you feel like, well, I can just handle whatever life's going to throw at me. You know, God forbid, I don't want to jinx myself and barring, you know, your mom dying or some life-threatening illness. Everything else, you're just like, you know, you can handle it, right? You can handle the stuff. Number four, you can still get young girls. This was the most surprising thing to me because when I was like 19 or 20, a 35-year-old man seemed ancient. That seemed 
that was a dinosaur to me. And I, I never would have imagined in a million years that the girls I was dating at 19 or 20 or the girls that I knew would date or hook up or fuck a 35 year old man. But guess what? They do. And they do it in large numbers. Okay. Um, now I'm, th I'm not perpetuating that manosphere myth that like your mid thirties to your forties is your prime as a man, like in terms of looks, it is still a factor. Um, but if you've, if you've taken care of yourself, you can still get 25 year old girls relatively easy. Now, the, the only real stigma is in the actual age, okay? So when you're going up to a girl on the street and you've taken care of yourself, you can, I, I can attract girls the exact same as I could when I was 27. I haven't noticed any difference in that aspect. The place where I have noticed the actual difference is in the actual mention of the age. So where I say I'm 35, we're going to be 35, I get the O. Or on Tinder or on, on the dating sites, the match percentage has gone down with girls who are 22 because of them actually seeing the age. But in terms of just actual attraction and actual um, picking girls up when the age isn't a factor, I have, I've noticed no difference from 27 to um, I'm going to be 35 in June. So that is a very nice thing and that's a nice surprising bonus. And you also look at like, like the top actors right now, uh, Tom Hardy, Ryan Gosling are in their late thirties. Christian Bale's in his early forties. You can cruise on into your mid thirties and still get hot girls. You can probably do that into your mid forties, assuming you take care of yourself and assuming, you know, you've got money and stuff like that, because it's not at the point where you have to pay for them, but it's at the point where you can't really sell girls on your potential anymore. 35, you, you have to be established a little bit. And you can still get 22, 21, 23-year-old girls, which is pretty cool. And, of course, you can get uh, women your own age. So that's a really nice thing to look forward to if you take care of yourself. Number five, you're better at state, manage state management. Way better, okay? I'm, I'm aware of every... Thing that lowers my state whereas when I'm 20 you would just like you're running through life with no plan <coughs> 35 I know I have to get up early I know I have to exercise I know I have to drink a lot of water I know I have to take my supplements I know I have to do my work during the day I know I don't want to sit down too long during the day to lower my state I I know that I have to do my mental reframes I know that a hot shower and and you know followed by a cold shower as a state booster. So all these things, you get way better at managing your state and you and you know, you get way better at knowing what makes you happy, which is really cool. Number six is you have more realistic expectations of the world. As opposed to being like an idealistic 18 to 19 year old dreamer, you actually have realistic expectations of what you're capable of and what you're able to get out there. And that is an awesome thing because... You lose a lot of money and time as a dreamer, but when your expectations get in line with reality and become realistic, I actually get what I want. When I set a goal, I achieve it. When I have tasks in my to-do list, I actually do them. When I um, start a business or, or start a new project or write a book, I'm able to get it out and able to make money on it. When you have those like realistic expectations on the high end of realism, of course, you're actually able to achieve what you want to achieve as opposed to wasting all this time on stuff that's in the world of fantasy, right? Mark Zuckerberg shit, right? 
you actually able to achieve that and you save so much time and energy once you develop those realistic expectations and, and that just comes with experience or it comes with maybe you can listen from my experience and um, not have to get those realistic expectations the hard way. But once you do develop them, it's a really, really awesome thing. All right. Number seven, better social skills. Uh, this is especially true if you've been through the corporate game. Okay, this is, I don't recommend corporate life for most guys, but having been through that, especially corporate sales, you become, you watch the younger guys and you see how many mistakes they make. Like young guys, vast majority of them, their game is terrible with girls and, and just in socializing, breaking rapport, um, getting angry, getting triggered, saying shit that can affect their business, um, you know, mouthing off to the wrong guy, on and on and on. When you're 35, you're able to take a breath and think, is this the smart thing to say? Or in your business, is this professional? You can look through the last five years of my business with me posting on forums, my comments on YouTube, my comments on site, on my site. There was never a comment where I've used an ad hominem attack. Um, I've never um, showed myself being triggered by somebody. I've never done anything that, that made me look unprofessional business-wise. And socializing, I'm always looking to build rapport and create positive solutions and create positive experiences. And, you know, maybe someone might say something or whatever. You take a deep breath. You think about what you're going to say before. And your social skills become so much better to the point where you just don't really have drama in your life. You occasionally get some drama from a girl and you will, like, check her or, or kick her out of your house. And you live a relatively drama-free life if you've played your cards correctly and have, have learned um, how to become socially savvy, which you will if you keep focusing on being self-actualized. And it's a really nice thing to have. Number eight, you have more money. Okay, this is the final thing. This is probably the best thing. Being broke at 20 sucks, okay? I remember eating Cheerios with water in university because I had no money. That fucking sucked. And I always heard older guys tell me, like, man, I would, you're 20, man. You got nothing to complain about. Like, I would give anything to go back there. I would not go back to being 20 or 23 or, or 23. I would not go back to, like, being 20 and eating water and Cheerios. Being broke sucks. Not having money sucks. And it doesn't matter if you have a lot of girls. And it doesn't matter if you have a lot of girls, but you work a shitty job all week. And you're working a, and you're trying to pay for your lifestyle. It doesn't matter that you have your youth, okay? It sucks not having money. And hopefully in your mid-30s, you have more money. It makes life a lot better. A lot better. I mean, I remember, I think I was such a stud because I had all these girls on the weekend. And then I have to go back to a shitty job that I like, that I hated. And have a boss tell me what to do. And I was like, this sucks, Okay, it doesn't matter if I'm a stud, it doesn't matter if I'm getting these girls on the weekend without money, it fucking sucks. Okay, which is why I tell you guys to focus on making money as soon as possible instead of chasing girls. Because when you chase girls, it doesn't matter how many girls you get. When you're working a shitty job and you don't have money, your life will suck. Take it from me. Start getting that money as soon as possible. And hopefully by your mid-30s, you'll have more money and your life will become a lot more comfortable. All right? So that is what to expect from your 30s. Um, I laid down a lot of the bad as well as the solutions to that as well. And also a lot of the good stuff.
Okay, and, and I, but I'm also laying down a big assumption here. I'm assuming, okay, that you're sort of follow the game plan that I've laid out. If you are still broke and still working a shit job and you're not going to the gym and you're not doing all the things that we talk about, okay, because this is this video is aimed at younger guys, 18 to 25, I'm assuming that you are going to be doing the things that I've been doing um, and, and so you are going to have a relatively similar 30s to what I'm having, okay? Then, but if you are not living that lifestyle, then your 30s are going to be really fucking bad. I mean, the list will be 40 pages or 40 points long of, of badness, okay? So I'm assuming that you're on the game. Now, if you're on the game and if you are on your game, your 30s are really good. Like, I'm closing on 35. I'm happier now than when I was 25. And I'm probably twice as happy. And I'm not exaggerating because of all the things that I've outlined before. Okay, yes, it would be nice to have to look 25 and have the energy, but if I could go back to exactly where I was at 25 and being where I am now at 35 and knowing what was ahead of me and going back there, I would not do it. I really wouldn't because I am 100% twice as happy now, twice as consistently happy as I was at 25. I would not go back. So that is what you have to look forward to if you play your cards right, okay? So you have the bad things to uh, that are going to come up. You have the solutions. And if you're playing your cards right, you're going to have all these good things. And you will be happier than you were in your 20s. Okay? You will be. And I want to give you that positive uh, outlook for the future. Because it's really true. If you have followed the game plan and you are self-actualized, you will be happier. Okay? And you will have an awesome 30s to look forward to. So... That's it for today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out my articles at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com. Checking out my books at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com slash books. And checking me out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter. I'm all over the place. Much love to you and all the best in your personal development journey.